famous examples of remixes and covers throughout every single genre of music, and video game music is no exception. Welcome to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese. In 1999, David Lloyd created a website for video game music fans to upload tributes to their favorite game music by covering and remixing melodies. It's called OC Remix, which stands for Overclocked Remix. You can find the site at ocremix.org. And to date, there are thousands of tracks on the site, all rigorously cataloged by artist, game, or song title. You might imagine finding hundreds of pretty bad arrangements, but OC Remix has always had a review process. Comments made by the judges panel can be found on virtually every single submission. A few years after OCR had its start, Larry Oji joined the staff and now serves on the judges panel and moderates forums for the site. David and Larry joined me for a conversation about creating an online home for game music fans, how the site works, and we'll also talk about some of the most surprisingly successful mixes on OC Remix. David, I want to start with you because you started this website, correct? Can you tell me about the beginnings of OC Remix, Overclocked Remix? Sure. I I think like a lot of technological projects, um, you know, it it started in my parents' basement, which is, you know, (laughs) probably true of a lot of big websites that went on to make a lot of money and, and make people very, very famous. The only difference here is that you know, we're only kind of semi-famous and we haven't made any money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I started this in 1999, in December of 1999. I was, in fact, living in my parents' basement, uh, <laughs> going to uh, George Mason University here in Fairfax, Virginia. And uh, what I wanted was a way to get into music more and practice my skills. Uh, I had dreams of being a film composer. Those have long since gone. But I just <laughs> wanted to get better at music and explore making music. I had a real interest in just the the art of arranging and composing music more than playing any given instrument. Mm -hmm. And I also loved video game music. There were a couple sites at the time that were doing things with video game music in terms of remakes, um, remixes, but they were very specifically, A, they were mostly European, and B, they focused mostly on techno, electronica, trance, and they also focused on a specific computer, the Commodore 64. My big idea, quote-unquote, was hey, why don't we have a site like this for all the different video game systems? When I started Overclock Remix, my my idea was very specifically any system, any musical genre. 1999, that, of course, yeah. seems, I mean, that <laughs> was a, a long, century. <laughs> was oh, a long oh. time ago, David. I mean, seriously, it wasn't a long time ago, but it, it kind of was when you're thinking about video game music. Of course, we video game music was a huge part of culture even in 1999, but a lot of people weren't aware of that yet. Even Even now, a lot of people aren't aware of how deeply entrenched video game tunes are into the minds of those of us who grew up with them. So, I mean, to me, that seems like an awful lot of foresight on your part in 1999 to, to embark on this kind of a project. Can you talk a little more about what really gave you that motiva- motivation at a time when, you know, there weren't even a lot of symphonic scores at that time for video games? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, I come from a musical family. I'm a band geek. I was in marching band. I wore the the silly hat and marched around with the euphonium, which was like a baby tuba. So my family is musical to begin with. Mm -hmm. And my family played video games um, from a relatively young age. Uh, 
I was kind of the dorky kid that had the Sega Master System back when the <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System was what all the cool kids had. Sure. But the, uh, I, I can remember even at age eight or nine actually um, hooking up a, a tape deck to the output of, of my Sega Master System and recording the music from these games, which you're, you're right, it's 8-bit, it's it's yeah. relatively basic from a um, you know texture perspective. But what always drew me to video game music was the melodies. With OC Remix, the idea was, hey, these are fantastic melodies. They're not speaking to as many people as they could, mm -hmm. partly because of the production. Yeah. And if you get past that production, if you put a different face on it, um, the melodies can really reach new audiences. And that was very much the idea. And yeah, 1999 is, um, this was the dark ages of the internet with like GeoCities and everybody <laughs> had the rainbow blink marquee tag. And it was it was pretty, um, it was pretty rough, but yeah. we've, we've, we've kept at it and persevered and the internet has gotten better. It's come a long way, and we've we've been there from, you know, not the not the very beginning, but from from a pretty early and pivotal point in time. How did you get on the on the bandwagon here, so to speak? Oh well, um, it was it was two thousand and two. I was a, a student at uh, Emory University uh, here in Atlanta, and um, I was already doing a, a student radio show um, on WMRE, the uh, the the internet only radio station at Emory. And I was doing a mix of video game music and mainstream music for my shows. A friend of mine who was a fellow DJ asked me what I was playing. And I told him that I was, you know, doing a mixture of video game music and, and mainstream stuff. And he and he told me uh, or he asked me rather, hey, have you heard of this website? At the time, it was called remix.overclocked.org. OK, I sat down um, for three days during that summer of 2002 and I was just blown away by the quality, the diversity, just all these yeah. different, you know, arrangements. And from that point forward, after I went through, I said, you know what, whatever this site posts, I will never skip it ever. I'm going <laughs> to check it out. And wow. because I didn't want it because I didn't want to miss anything that was good. Yeah. So from that point forward, I was hooked. And, and then it became a regular part of my student radio show. And I started, you know, getting involved with the community and, you know, having them as, as you know, guest stars on my radio show and, cool. and just interacting with the community. So that was sort of how I went from a, a casual fan into the, you know, mega fan I am today.
If there were, in 2002, around 700 remixes and covers on OC Remix, how many are there now? Do you have a sense for how many submissions you've gotten over the years? Well, in the early days, it was actually quite the opposite. Rather than people sending music to us, I would go sort of like door to door. I would go out and find uh, video game remixes that people had done and basically, you know, say, can I post this on our site? Mm -hmm. So I would solicit. That changed fairly quickly. Uh, Critical Mass was probably once we had 40 or 50 mixes on the site, a lot of people really liked the idea and started submitting stuff to me. Mm -hmm. And initially... It was just my own internal barometer. Do I like this? Does it sound like video game music? Does mm-hmm. it sound awful? Um, you know, if it's vi- if it's video game music and it doesn't sound awful, I'm going to post it. Pretty soon, we figured out that we needed some rules and we needed a judges panel. Wow. So some of the things we look for that would uh, involve a submission not being posted is like, have they really made it their own? It's not enough to just take video game music and put a drum loop on top, which is what a lot of people did back in the dark early days. Wow. The standards that we um, implemented, which are by, by their very nature subjective, they speak to interpretation. You really have to take the theme and do something with it. To give a rough figure, there's over 2,300 mixes on the site, Mm -hmm. and that's not counting um, over 30 albums. Now, I cheated a little bit because I asked Larry to put together some of his favorite remixes from over the years. One of my absolute favorites, I would say the first favorite I heard, was um, this one that turns out is quite popular on your site. It's by Tweaks. Yeah, it's from our Voices of, this is Larry, and it's from our Voices of the Livestream album that came out in 2007. Well, let's listen to a little bit of this piece that Tweaks made called Frozen Landscapes. Again, this is from Final Fantasy VII. I just want to listen to a little bit, and then we'll talk about it. I love that. I mean, it definitely takes you somewhere. And to listen to the original... Another one of my favorites comes from these two people that call themselves Super Guitar Brothers. I absolutely adore when the actual 
true Castlevania sound comes in. You know, it's kind of, it's pretty subliminal in the beginning for those of us who aren't completely familiar with it. But uh, when the uh, guitar actually comes in about a minute in and, and starts with that theme, it's pretty awesome. That is definitely one of my favorites as well. I would never put it on a guitar duet, yet it works out beautifully. So one of the things I want to ask each of you is the most shocking remix or cover you've ever heard where you never would have expected it to work and it works. Yeah, this is Larry, and I'll say that as a judge for the site, and I've been one since 2004, mm-hmm. um, I'm not as active as I used to be, but there was a stretch for five years where I literally voted on every track that was submitted to the website oh, with man. no with no exceptions and wow. that's about a thousand submissions a year. I've heard so many that I almost couldn't nail down any answer. I mean, I'd almost have to you know what <laughs> rather than, rather than nail down the one that surprised me the most. Uh-huh. I'll just say that we have a ton and two that come to mind. Yeah. Um a very recent one that Dave just posted um by Jack Lewis an artist known as An- Anti-Sign. Mm-hmm. Um he had a Final Fantasy 7 arrangement um of Genova Mm-hmm. Um, called Death Rebirth Life 1986 that took the Genova theme and did it in an 80s style that <laughs> not one person would expect. Parappa the Rappa mix by Navi. It was called Cooking with Fire. Mm-hmm. And he took just the instrumental part of um, uh, Cheap Cheap, the cooking chickens rap for anybody that's played that level in the uh, in the PlayStation game. <laughs> Stress comes in every way. He took just the instrumental, so not the lyrics that most people are familiar with. Okay. But um, he, he played some of the um, parts on like a saloon piano and on a kind of, on a synth line and everything like that and came up with his own original raps on top of it. Wow. And so it was taking a game that was more of a, like a kind of a kid-friendly rap game mm-hmm. and turned it into just a really smooth kind of indie style take on uh, on cooking. Cause it's 
It's always interesting to see some people do do something that you don't expect more with the execution. And as I mentioned, we get a lot of instrumental arrangements. I mean, the, the site is probably 95% instrumental. So vocals, mm -hmm. um, A, a lot of people don't like them. They, they tend to be a polarizing thing, especially when people write original lyrics. A lot of our listeners, for whatever reason, prefer instrumentals. Yes. Uh, we, we try to encourage everything. When people do do vocals, um, those can be some of your most surprising and shocking arrangements, I would say. And uh, I'm thinking specifically of a mix uh, from the game Xenogears, uh, soundtrack by Yasunori Mitsuda. Uh, it's a mix by a, a remixer called uh, named Star Salzman he did back in 2004. And he did uh, lyrics, um, it's called Pillar of Salt, and it actually he actually incorporated Arabic and Hebrew vocals that he sang himself, wow. along with this industrial uh, orchestral hybrid arrangement of the original um, uh, Dazil City of Burning Sand, and he also mixed in one additional source. It's, it's sort of one of those mixes that strikes you as a magnum opus. And if, if you read the concept on paper before listening to the, to the song, you would think, well, this is either going to be great or it's going to be a train wreck. And <laughs> uh, fortunately, it was the former and not the latter in that case. So, Indeed. yeah, we, we, we do still get surprised, but we've also seen a lot. out the issue of owning or not owning someone else's music. How does that work with you? You allow everybody to download whatever they want. So what kind of agreement do you have with folks who are submitting music to you that, hey, this is going to go out to anyone who wants it anywhere? That's a great question. A lot of people, you know, raise the red flag. Oh, hey, what about copyright? And they phrase the question like that. What about copyright? Which is sort of open-ended. <laughs> It's all not-for-profit, meaning mm -hmm. that the money that's generated through ads and whatnot and T-shirt sales goes back into the site. We have a, a content policy that you agree to when you submit music that basically says, hey, we're not indemnifying you. Um, really, the site falls under, we contend at least, that the site falls under the um, uh, the, the umbrella and protection of fair use mm -hmm. um, in, the, in the spirit of, A, providing an educational resource for compositional arrangement in the abstract, uh, also specifically with regard to video game music.
Well, best of luck in all your endeavors. I am so happy that you are both doing the work that you're doing because it's just such a wonderful resource for all of us video game music nerds to uh, go and explore and hear new things and new sounds and get new ideas. And it's just, it's a pleasure. So thank you both very much. Thanks. Oh, you're I really very appreciate welcome. it. been listening to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese, and our technical director is Sam Keenan. Our next show features Christopher Lennertz, and I know you heard me say that at the end of the last episode, but this time I totally mean it. Keep the comments and feedback coming. We've got shows coming up featuring Diablo and Torchlight composer Matt Gulman, Papo and Yo composer Brian Oliveira, Black Ops 2 composer Jack Wall, Rift composer Enon Zur, Darksiders 2 and Borderlands 2 composer Jesper Kidd, as well as Chris Velasco and Sasha Dekitsian, who also wrote music for Borderlands 2. Oh, and there's lots more, so if you have anything you'd like to tell me, you'd better do it soon. You can leave feedback by clicking on the Top Score Questions Comments link at classicalmpr.org slash topscore. You can also find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Top Score Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah